to go do that. Well, I can tell you that the gentlemen sitting around this table, other than myself, are hardly good looking because I stare at them too long as it is anyway. Hi, my name is Pat Pohl and welcome to Behind the Beard WNC, the next chapter. We're through week two now of the high school football season. This is a podcast where four guys get together and banter about things. We can tolerate each other for brief periods of time, but more often than not, we do get along. So that's a good thing. We do it for our entertainment. We hope you're entertained too. But if you're not, obviously, there's other options out there. And uh, I think we all ought to take a minute here and just recognize who really separated themselves apart and above from the rest again with the picks this week. Did we do picks this week? We did. We had some picks this past week. <laughs> we definitely did. Yes. Just, you, just you, go ahead. you were only one pick better. Than 50% of this table. One or a thousand. It's still, as my son said on the post, a W for Pat. Mm. Jeez. Oh, yes. Let's, <laughs> let's all take that in a moment Pat and bask is- in it. Just know that if I pick your team to lose, there's a good chance you're going to win. Indeed. That's the way your record's been going, Mike. Terrible. Hey, for- I did get above 500 this week. If anybody needs some uh, context, uh, Reynolds won last week, and Pat is glowing. Yes. <laughs> glowing. Glowing. Are you sure he's not pregnant? He's like an eighth month old. Uh, I'm perennially pregnant. <laughs> A bloviating bag of hot air. Yeah, so just to recap, Pat, 7-2 last week. Yes. He's now 12-5 and five overall. Yes. Carson, 6-3, and three, also 12-5 and five overall. Tiebreaker goes to the elder. I see. Mm-hmm. Lewis six and three last week. He's now ten and seven on the year, and I was five and four, so I'm now eight and eight and nine on the year. Less than five hundred. I'm terrible. Wow. I don't know what the problem is. I do. You're a moron. I mean, what else can we say? <laughs> That's funny, Pat. Yes. I wish y'all could see Pat right now. Uh, he had a microphone issue. He's like four feet from the table. I think <laughs> all, I think all the Reynolds community is saying this about that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right? That's right. Did you guys notice that Carson's beard is finally starting to look visible like what? a beard? Holy cow, it is. I'm glad that someone noticed. Thank you, Mike. He looks like a 14-year-old. <laughs> a fort a physical 14-year-old. Correct. <laughs> physical 14-year-old. Let's get physical. <laughs> oh, sorry. So when you guys are watching all your JV games this week, just think of Carson. Does what night does Owens JV's team play? Uh, they will play on Thursday nights. Okay. What grades are those? Seventh through ninth. Okay. So it, so 14 so, is the oldest. So they're the oldest. Okay. <laughs> How would I do in a game Thursday night? I think you would do incredibly well. <laughs> I don't. I think I would seriously I think, get hurt. Uh, oh. Way more athletic than a lot of the kids. No, no, no. I would get hurt. There's not many. I don't think I could finish a drive. But yes, <laughs> we'll, we'll move to the next subject. <laughs> do you think Pat could finish a drive? I think he could. A drive through. He would yes. be an awesome left tackle. I would just fall forward and knock people down. That's how that would go. Mm. It's funny. It's funny because Lewis and I were watching a video of a little bit of the Christ School game. 
one of the linemen falls down, he takes two defensive line, two linemen with him. Hey, that's, nice. all, that's all you got to do sometimes. Right? That's right. I mean. That's what, a win. That's a block. That's a man. win. Yeah, they were not making the tackle. No. Nope. The three of them were on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, Mike, didn't you? I said you said something about needing to get up on the soapbox a little bit today. Is that still the case? I mean, maybe. But before we do that, uh, I some grumblings out of uh, the, the Fairview area. Oh, yes. Possibly no uh, no football at Cane Creek. I hear they're, they're trying. they got about 13 kids right now. I think they're looking to boost their numbers before the year. Uh, I think the bigger picture for that is about three years from now when those kids would make an impact at high school. Both Reynolds and TC. Correct, yeah. I mean, both that school does feed both programs. Uh, if they don't, if they continue, uh, a little backstory: the last couple of years they haven't completed a season. Uh, but if they, if they don't start sending some more kids their way, I mean, we're starting to see numbers drop across the board. So, a little precursor for the Fairview area, very concerning. And I, and I believe is is do you think it's a fifty fifty split, or do you think it's for kids Reynolds uh, uh, TC? I think it's more like seventy five twenty five, uh, especially with the kids that are currently enrolled. Which way? Uh, 75 towards ACR. So do we think it's a um, daily attendance with the student population being down, or do we think there's just lack of interest in football at this point? I, I definitely don't think there's lack of interest in football. Uh, I think it has more to do with demographics in the area. Because, I mean, as far as booming, I would have thought, you know, I, I went to Cane Creek many, many years ago, but I, it four. only – Four. Yeah, four. Um, but it only <laughs> seems that – you know, population in Fairview's only grown and growing. So it's like, I'm yeah, just, but, I, but I think in that district area out there, I think it'd be hard pressed for any of us to buy a house out there. Absolutely. So does this kind of except go back? Pat. Except Agony. for Pat. Oh, sorry. No, except for Pat. Except no. for Pat, Agony. definitely. Um, Pat's second home could be out there. True, true. Um, <laughs> but it kind of goes back to the interview with Coach Radford from Asheville when yeah. he, you know, when he talked about population. Um, go back and give that one a listen. He, he gave some great insight on what he thought five, ten years down the road, what um, high schools in this area, you know, populations and size of um, just affordability and and all the things that go into living in Western North Carolina, it's beautiful, but how many people can, you know, and that's that's a good point. Young people with families and stuff, who's moving out to Fairview? Because I, I know that I think an acre is going for a couple hundred thousand dollars right now. That's yeah. without a house. Without a house, yeah, just the dirt. And that, like you pointed out, Coach Radford brought that up. It's not just endemic to um, Fairview. That was also impacting Asheville yes. and driving families that are, have young off kids the off the mountain. You get yep. you know, the older you get, the, the wealthier people come in, and that's who's buying the. But they don't have any kids. Yeah. Can, can enough people move down the mountain for McDowell to be good in football? Well, they already have the largest school in Western North Carolina, so uh, I don't think if they had an influx of a hundred kids, they would still be successful. Gotcha. Where are people going? Are they going toward Tuscola Pisgah? Well, I mean, think about it. I mean, Tuscola's done well. Irwin's done well this year thus far. TC District, all that has been doing well, and they have a lot of kids show out. Uh, even Inca, 50 kids in their middle school programs, they had to make cut this year at middle school. So uh, a lot of kids going out further out of the Asheville area. Can they let some of them kids know to try out for baseball this year? That would be huge. Baseball plug. Inca baseball i think the problem there is the travel ball scene is really turning people off yeah yeah i'd imagine so so it looks like cane creek maybe no football which is just sad because you know when i went there i think they went 
four or five years without losing a game. Well, um, I mean, it, it brings up the conversation. What's the need for Cane Creek? Why not the Why don't the Reynolds kids just go to Reynolds Middle and the TC kids go uh, to whatever middle school those kids Valley go? Springs? Valley Springs, yeah. Like, let them go there. Let's just have one school. There's no longer a need for Cane Creek, and let's be successful in sports. I agree. Do you think there's a chance they let those kids uh, maybe play at Reynolds or play at Valley, whichever one? I can't answer that. I mean, I don't. I don't think there's a, a big chance for that. I think there's absolutely um, zero reason to not let those kids give those kids an opportunity to play to play that sport. I, I mean, know it, my little sister attended STEM school. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but it's the the STEM, the Buncombe County STEM school, which is a part of the Buncombe County system. So when she left Cane Creek, she went to STEM, but she was still able to play sports for Reynolds. So, so there's some precedent set there. If if they don't have a football program this year, why not let those kids go to those schools? They, I mean, I in my opinion, and my opinion is not worth anything, but I don't see how you could tell these kids that they just can't play football. And and 13 is an unsafe number. If we're just being honest, anyways. I mean, it's 13 is a number. You can't. You can't. You're not going to finish the season. I mean, you'd be well, I mean, hard-pressed Ro- to get through one game. Rosman on their varsity program had 13 kids last year. They finished out. So maybe it's just about safety depending on what area you're from. When Pat played, they had leather helmets and 11 kids. Uh, we had a few more than 11. We did have leather helmets, I recall that well. So. Or maybe I don't. Are maybe you for, I are you for real? No, we did not have leather helmets. <laughs> I played in the 80s. Uh, <laughs> that's a long time ago yeah. for Carson and Lewis. It is. Yeah. You guys are to uh, what, what year did you graduate, Pat? I am a product of 1988 oh, high so school. I was two. Mm. Yeah. Carson, minus what? I was 94. Okay, 2014 mm. is when you were born. I graduated high school. Oh. Holy cow! And I, I, will I say, started my MBA in 2014, <laughs> and that was after 20 years of no school. It's agony. I'm Flex. Old. Pat's got his MBA. He played in the NBA. He MBA. Yeah, my MBA. Oh, MBA. Oh, okay. This this does not jump. I don't think that uh, <laughs> that's a surprise to anybody. You got two inch vertical. I don't even have that. No, I while we're inverted talking, vertical. while we're talking age, I like to give a big shout out to Gary Jones. Um, love love the old man. He's fit, turns fifty eight today, and he's um, hitting golf balls as far and as straight as he ever has. And I think when I was telling the boys here that it was my dad's birthday, Pat said he is just a few years older than me. That is crazy, and. I think Pat would make an awesome dad. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm absolutely sure of that. Well, good. We'll see what my children would say about that. <laughs> Do you want Pat to adopt you? <laughs> Do I get wrote into the will? Oh. Mm. There's not much there. Oh, come on. He'll okay. still give you a ride on this helipad. All right. Agony. Is the helipad and Olympic pool coming right along? There's no way you could put either of those things anywhere near my house. Mm. Let's go um, Mike. Anderson with the soapbox. Mike, what do you have for us today? So listen, I I just had a rough weekend. I mean, there's a couple things I'd like to talk about real quick. Just run through them here. And then if you guys want to comment on them, you can. If you want to move on, that's fine. Lewis may delete them. So here's what I got. So listen, I understand AC Reynolds, TC, Asheville, they're going to get the best officiating crews we got to do better than what we had at Christ School the other night. I'm telling you, they were horrendous. And there are officials who can't even move. I physically could not get out of the way of a play, got trucked, and was laying face down on the field. I'm, I'm wondering if the person is dead. Thankfully, they got up. 
But I want to know who holds the officials accountable. Is there some sort of system where they come in and watch the film and or, or, or come in person and watch? Who holds them accountable? And who holds the person accountable? Who holds them accountable? I don't know, but I, that's something I'm, I'm wondering. So secondly, just while I'm on my soapbox here, this hard schedule, this hard scheduling is fantastic if you have the horses to run, but sometimes you don't. And getting your brains beat in every week because you don't have D1 at every position is not fantastic, just in case you were wondering. I want to tell you that arthritis is terrible. I fell, burnt my finger, and scraped my knee up in the pregame. <laughs> Carson saw it. It was terrible. <laughs> Here I am cooking burgers for everybody. My son's advisor walks up, and I fall down. <laughs> Ow. So then they're all helping me up like I'm a 90-year-old man with a walker. Uh, stay away from the arthritis. Next, visiting fans on home side. Why do you want to do that? Never a good idea. Why? Number Bad one. idea from the start. One, why do you want to do that? It, it makes no sense. Two, it's dangerous. You got all these men with all this testosterone and... This game where, where they're watching their kids go to battle, and the next thing you know, there's yelling. There were a couple instances this last week where parents were yelling at parents from another school. I mean, it didn't help they're from New Jersey, if you know what I mean. No offense, Chris. But, <laughs> I mean, come on. There, no, no security, no administration, no nothing. And here, the, here these parents are having to, to fend off, having to verbally go at it with these other fans because their fans are yelling at our kids and our coaches who are, and they're sitting right behind our sideline. You ever been to Christ school? It's a tiny place. You're sitting right on top of everything. Something has to be done where visiting teams, and this is not, this is everywhere. They need to be on their side and at home on, on the home side. We played in Georgia. You know what? There were two gates, one for home, one for away, and there was a fence. You could not get, you could not physically get to the other side. And that's the way it needs to be. And lastly, Went racing this weekend. It was 105 degrees, feels like, in Anderson, South Carolina. Why don't we race in the winter? It's way too hot to be at the racetrack sweating like a – I mean, it was terrible, awful, incredibly terrible. Had a good time spotting, did a good job, enjoyed working with Matt, but, oh, the heat. We need to race in the winter. So uh, that's my soapbox. You guys are welcome to jump in. I think the one thing I would like to comment is the, the level of – um, understanding of the game from the referees. They couldn't even spot the ball. Well, I think if everyone's honest, the the white hat obviously is the most experienced referee on the field. And in many instances, we can see him explaining the play to the other three or four that's on the, the field, right? Uh, it wasn't too long, maybe two years ago, Mike, you and I were talking to an umpire, or a referee for football and he said, literally, if you sign up on Monday and pass the test, then you can be doing a game on Friday. Do you, do you remember that conversation yeah. in the press box? Yeah. And I think it's gotten worse since then. And what's the umpire we interviewed? We never posted it. Jim. Jim said that this is going to become more and more common in every sport. But football is the worst. I don't understand why. Because it takes so many of them. And it's all on the same night. Right. So – 
please somebody out there start being a referee, somebody that really knows the game. Many, many of us around this table have talked about when our kids graduate and everything, we, we're probably going to start refereeing those games, especially Mike and I. We know the game. Those are the people that needs to go into this, not someone looking to make a fast buck or something. But constantly, week after week, I see Owen's head coach trying to explain the rule to an umpire, and they're and they're dismissing him because they're not going to be proved wrong. The, the level of understanding of the game from the referees has definitely went down in the past 10 years. Now, am I saying they're all bad? No. No, absolutely not. No, no there's some good ones out there. There's some good guys that do a great job. We did not have that. And that's not the reason we lost the game. Certainly not saying that. We got beat by a better team. I'm really curious, Mike, with your experience this weekend. Did it supersede the one where I attended the game with you last year where you actually just screamed that that was the worst official you have ever seen in your entire life? I mean, it was close. And and listen, I'm done fighting that fight. I'm done. I'm done yelling at the officials. I'm done sitting in the stands. I'm going to sit on the side in my rocking chair and watch the game, and I'm not talking to anybody. I'm not quite done with that yet. I still enjoy it. But do you remember the one offensive holding call that Reynolds received? What, what was the offensive line? CJ? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, he, he went down to Wake Forest. Is that correct? Yes. He completely dominated this person, drove them back about 25 yards. To me and Mike, it was not offensive holding. He got called for offensive holding, but Mike's comment at the time was, that's not holding. That's pure domination. And the referee back then, I guess that was probably two, three years ago. I think it's been probably more than that. Maybe yeah. maybe so. The referee at the time was like, oh, he dominated him so much. That has to be holding. Well, it, it wasn't. Right. He literally just outmanned that dude. Yeah, so with, you know, Friday night, I, I was able um, – I was a part of the crew supporting Luke, and I was over at Christ School. We'll start with the fall in the parking lot. Um, we are very, very glad that Mike is okay. I mean, it was like a split second. I was actually worried because it was very, very warm out. Mike was grilling. Um, for for you guys that have not attended a Christ school game, I mean, it is it is full on tailgating. The opposing fans, which their team flew down from New Jersey, their fans, maybe a hundred, hundred and fifty people tailgating in the parking lot. I mean, I, I maybe more. That's still impressive coming twelve very, hours away. Very impressive. I mean it was I mean they had multiple tents, multiple everything, the whole nine set up. Pat, did you fly any of those guys down here on I, your private jet? I I didn't did not. I, I, okay. I don't have okay. a, a private jet. I don't know why. And in fact you guys have convinced some of the listeners that I do happen to have a, a private jet. I was asked by a fan in the stands if I flew down to the West Forsyth. If you're wondering <laughs> if, That's if, awesome. If you're Thank wondering, you. all of us have been on his private jet. He Agony, definitely has it. I do not. It lands in Inca Lake. It's one of those that lands in water and then <laughs> takes back right. off. You be kidding me. <laughs> so we're sitting oh. there and and Mike, it was very, very warm. And I thought at first Mike was like, Mike actually hurt himself. And then when we realized he was okay, um, I did I did put my arm around him and I was like, Mike, I'm got to laugh like now that you're okay. Um, no, I mean, that it was, was funny. Once, that I was, was, once he was okay, yeah. we were all laughing at him. And then we kind of just talked about that for the next two hours. Go fast forward to um, to the officiating. Um, I think, you know, in, in to tie it to baseball, when you have both coaches – equally yelling, trying to coach the officials on how to do their job, I think that's when you know that it's like not, you might not have the best quality. Because I, I think their coach was, their coach was five yards on the field the entire game, just telling, telling the officials what to do. Coach Walker 
was uh, Christ School was trying to was trying to tell their you know the officials what to do, and the White Hat was trying to do seven people's jobs or however many officials it was. So it was tough. Um, there was many there was many many times where the play was all the way over, and then you know we saw a hold, and then the White Hat would drop the flag out because he was waiting on the official to to make mm-hmm. the right call. Um, but it was uh, it was fun. I, I was able to watch the game with. With one of our listeners, um, he's coached in the the area for many many years, and he knows far more about football than I do. So it was it was in, I enjoyed that. You know who you are, um, and I enjoyed listening and just you know the game of football, just talking about different different rules, different things like that. Um, and so shout out to him. Not to hype up a game coming up, but I mean, so many times we see these phantom holding calls that calls back a touchdown in the last few seconds of a game that gives the other team a win. Uh, But we'll talk about that in a second when we talk about the the week two recaps. Awesome. Wow. So so that's my soapbox. And and I'll chime in on the arthritis piece too. Anytime you get the itis, whatever the itis is, it's bad. So um, hopefully that will get better for you in time. And I know that's agony. So Mm. I'm sorry. Some big games to recap, and then also some uh, another week of football, which I think anybody can say that um, whenever you got football to look forward to, it's always a, a good day. Yeah, so let I me mean, let's let's run through the recap real quick. So to start off with, uh, Pisgah fifty six Inca three. Uh, Carson and Lewis both picked Pisgah to win that game. Pat and I uh, did not. Uh, Pat, what did you see in Pisgah that you knew they were going to win by fifty? I didn't. Did I say Pat? Lewis, what yes, did you say? I had Inca. I, was, I meant to say <laughs> Lewis. I was watching you walk around over there, though. Well, I mean, I mean, just watching Inca from the previous week, I knew they didn't have the heart to beat an Inca or a, an, uh, I'm sorry, a Pisgah team. That they're so strong coming off the mill closure and everything. I mean, this is going to be their year against any team. That they're fighting for their culture out there, and that they're going to pretty much dominate almost any team they go against. Carson's got some. Uh, maybe a, what are you hearing out there in the Inca area? So there's some there's some grumblings that there's going to be a dramatic change um, in the Inca Jets on this Friday, um, and I'm I'm going to leave it at that. But there there's some there's some talks in the community um, that there's going to be a pretty dramatic change to the Inca football team and the look of it on this upcoming Friday night. Um, but what I will say is, um, yes, unfortunately, um, I did get that pick right. I just, I took it as that, you know, there usually a lot of stock in the first game of, you know, the playing Owen and not, not have a ricochet shot at Lewis and the, and, and Owen, but, um, you know, Coach Gibson's got a lot of work to do over there. Mate, the record speaks for and, itself. And so they just, I just took it as um, the Inca, the cream's going to rise to the top. Pisgah, what, what Lewis, you know, what Lewis said about the heart. I think the, the mill closing, I think they're going to have, they're going to play, um, they're going to play for a lot this season. Um, and I just think that Inca, obviously, 56-3. to three. Um, I'm excited to see what changes happen this Friday, but I don't know if when 56-3, to three, I'm not just, to me, that looks like everything. Um, you lost at everything. But, and but so, I mean, just a little preview for what's coming up, but 
I mean, when you're playing Rosman this week, everything's going to look good this week. Oh, this week is going to – I mean, this week will be a – you know, vibes will be at an all-time high at Inca. I don't care what system you put in, whatever is going to look different. Inca's going to look good. Oh, yes, yes. No, Inca, for sure, that's a that's going to be a – I mean, Coach Sexton, that's one thing he knows what he's doing is he puts Rosman on the schedule, and that gives him a win every single year. Um, but, you know, that's that's the, the Pisgah-Inca recap. So we all fell in love with Irwin after their win over Daniel Boone and we're all convinced they were going to beat Mount Heritage this week. And they came back to reality. Mount Heritage 32, Irwin 28. None of us got that one correct. Close one, though. It's pretty close. It's pretty close. Yeah. Uh, it, but I think it speaks to Mountain Heritage, how much they've grown that program, what they can do in a small community up there. Always a good program up there. Very strong, very talented. Uh a bunch of corn-fed boys. I mean, they're just big guys, and Irwin just couldn't handle it. I'm hearing that next year's the year to circle for Mountain Heritage in a state championship is what I'm hearing. I'm hearing they've got a lot of kids coming back, and um, just to, you know, if you've got any betting lines out there, put a future on Mountain Heritage. 1A? Is that Very tough in a 1A to do that. Very tough in a 1A to do that. But that's if they had any year, that's the that's what I'm hearing. But, Didn't but, win in 1A kind of like being the tallest midget? No. Okay. So who's the 1A powerhouse? I mean, Robbinsville. Yeah, Robbinsville. Yeah. Swain is Swain a 1A? Swain's a pretty good team. Murphy's won a Murphy, bunch of them. Yeah. With that, but, is that Gentry, the coach out but, there? But Robbinsville, yeah. I mean – Successfully, they've won the most state championships statewide. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. You're driving there and they have the title town sign up, uh, right? Yeah, yeah whole thing. But, um, but no, I, I, mean, I, I drank the Kool Aid, I drank the Irwin Kool Aid, I drank absolutely. red. I, I think I had red Powerade, red Gatorade, red Body Armor. I just <laughs> red was my color. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Red was my color of the week. I'm glad. And I'm, so, um, and I just know the energy on social media, they had me bought in. Um, so I don't. I don't think it was the the wrong – it was an emotional pick, but I, I don't regret it in one sense. And I, I still think this team's got a lot to play for the rest of the season. I also think Irwin's going to do good. But if you think about, like, like Shelby, who's in a state championship every other year, Mount Heritage has won more state championships than – I mean, Robbinsville has won more state championships than them. So – to say Mount Heritage is going to beat them, I find that pretty tough to believe. Lewis, I'm not saying that they're going to beat Robbinsville next year for a state championship, but I'm saying if there's a year, they've got all these kids coming back, they're supposed to be, this is in the Mountain Heritage community, this is what they think. So are you calling it for next year? Let's hear it right yes, now. Yes, they're Mountain Heritage <laughs> championship <laughs> wow. now. You heard it here no. first, folks. <laughs> yes. He did call the TC baseball championship. I yeah, did, I did. did. All right, so we all got TC and their route over East Rutherford. TC 56, East Rutherford 6. I think we all saw that one coming with kind of what Lewis had shared from their scrimmage. Yeah, when they when they want to play two-hand touch, I think it's easy to see that they're going to lose. And TC, they look good, guys. I've been telling you all since the scrimmage. So are you starting to get worried at Fairview over there? I think that TC is a team that, that, that AC Reynolds is going to need to take very seriously. I'm really interested for that week four Reynolds matchup with Wataga. I think that'll tell us a lot because that'll be a common opponent with TC. Yes, I agree. And so, AC Reynolds will win. So yeah. I'm going to put that out there. <laughs> there you go. So then next, uh, we all got the uh, McDowell, or I'm sorry, Mitchell 35, McDowell 6. We all got that one, right? McDowell, they're going to struggle to win some games this year. I, I mean, well, I'm I mean, interested to see what they look like against the North Buncombs and the Incas and the, those guys in conference. I mean, losing that running back, I'm just not sure they have any 
anything much left. Yeah, when you lose a player like at that caliber who took over that Asheville game last week, it's going to be tough to win almost any game. Agreed. I'm excited as well. Uh, what Mike said, you know, when you now that North Buncombe and Inca, you can now circle in another game that that you can have a chance to win. Um, I know that in years past, it's you know after the Rosman game, it might be like, all right, we're, I mean, there's not another game on the schedule that we can win. Or at North Buncombe, it's once you get done with the Madison game, it's there's not another game you can win. So you got to get your wins early, and if you don't get them, then it just makes for you know it makes for tough motivation to to get the guys all together and and practice and work out and all the stuff that you need to do to be successful. Um, so I do think it's I think we'll tell a lot after those two weeks. I think that whole race for second and three A between North Buncombe, Inca, um, and Irwin. I mean, that could be a fantastic battle for second there in 3A behind Reynolds. So I'm, I'm Does, interested to see oh, how that turns out. Help me out with out. the playoffs. If you finish second, do you get a playoff spot? It, de- it depends on the year and okay. how everything else it's not, finishes. The champion automatic bid, second place, I think, is dependent. Correct. Generally, yes, but not. it's not guaranteed. Okay. But there's no guarantee that Irwin's not leading that, right? I would make the case that... They'll be playing for second fiddle. Well, well, we'll see when they play, but there's no guarantee that Irwin's not leading the 3A. That's true. There's no guarantee in That's anything. That's true. True, no guarantee. But I think based on what we said in the opening preview, uh, those guys are playing for second. Yes. Yeah, we- I'm going to go with they're playing for second. Um, they're just until until someone until someone around here can draw some blood on the top of the Reynolds Mountain. I'm just I'm not I'm not selling. I don't know, Carson. You keep doubting them. You and Lewis keep doubting them. I, I mean, I, I I picked them week one, and obviously I picked the wrong side. And then I was like, okay, you know what? Didn't love what I saw offensively. And then I got educated again this Friday, which we'll talk about more. But it's, you know, special teams matters a lot. And Reynolds always can do special teams. And I had no idea that at one point there would be 377 yards for Shelby Reynolds had a total of 77 yards, and the score was 21 to 21. So, yeah, I didn't see that. So, I guess since Carson's going to go ahead, we'll go ahead and talk about the Reynolds game. I'm sorry. So I'm sorry. Sh- Shelby 21, Reynolds 28. Yes. Shelby had the ball late, not able to capitalize. Scored a touchdown, got a call back on a holding call. I would call it a phantom holding call. No, it was not. It was egregious. <laughs> did you see the hold? I did. Yeah. It, was, it was It was. I mean, it was egregious hold. I mean, it looked like every other block in the game. It was so, right in front of the referee, <laughs> it's, it's too. Very, I mean, when we're talking about unexperienced refs, you know, who knows? I tell you what, I need to – the broadcast, though, I will say I was on my way back from uh, from the Christ School game, and I was listening, and then I listened to the duration of the game, but I couldn't find Pat and the Reynolds broadcast, so I listened to the Shelby broadcast. And as you can imagine, the, as you can imagine the bias, um, the talk, I would love for them to get on here and talk officiating with Mike because yeah. they, they – They agree they, probably. Oh, yeah. my goodness gracious. They I'll, said that um, these these refs were handpicked um, oh yeah. at Coach Lawless's discretion. I'm sure. I would not argue that. So when I listened to the uh, the Rocket Radio Network, otherwise known as WWNC, and – they also <laughs> said it was a pretty obvious hold. Yeah, it was it was egregious. It, it was very clear that it happened that way at the end. They have like their permanent spot in the press box. They just do all the Reynolds games. Now that game, gentlemen, uh, having called it from the press box, was a tale of two teams for Reynolds for sure. In the first half, you sounded like your dog had died. It was they we, could not. Uh, we were getting Reynolds updates from Pat, anything. and it was not great updates. You could not. They could not do anything. 
at all on, on offense. They couldn't do anything at all, period, through the entire first half. And then, from my understanding, the halftime show in the locker room was, I think, fairly entertaining. Um, like you were a Reynolds Janet player. Jackson entertaining? Uh, unless you were that. a Reynolds player. I think they, the, the, there was some serious, um, serious, serious coaching going on there in the locker room at halftime because they came out a little mm-hmm. different team in the second half. Well, at least the special teams answered. Yeah, well, that's the thing I'll say. Chris and I both agreed on this on the broadcast. MVP the of the game should have been the punter for Reynolds. That that kid averaged. Who is the punter? The punter for Reynolds is number 84, and his no- name is Rossi Santiel- Santelia. I'm butchering that. I'm sorry. Go ahead, butcher it. Yeah, but anyway, he a- averaged about 46 yards a punt and flipped the field more times than I can count. And which, that was a huge, huge deal. Which, if we go back to the interview... They do not get coached, right? The kickers do not get coached. Well, he said that what you say to the kicker kicking against the Chambers team for the win at the end. You don't want to get in his head. But you know, you got it. You do have to give credit, and um, and although you can hear you say what you want about Shelby being down, about this and that, they lost two of their best players to Kings Mountain. They had a couple kids not travel up, all that stuff. In all seriousness, Reynolds won a close game. Um, one of their four games on the schedule at the start of the year, we all sat here and said they could, they could absolutely, um, you know, they could start out zero and four after that week one. We were like, okay, they, they could, they could go zero and four. Well, that's not possible now. So they did get a win. So, so I'll, I'll give a shout out, um, Rocket Nation. Um, I know we had a few comments on social media, um, and I and I love and I love the interaction, guys. We want more interaction. So give it to us. So one in one, are you are you all in on Reynolds now? All in on Reynolds? Yeah. Are they going to win the next two? No. Okay. No. No. So um, more on this Reynolds game though. Another player that stood out was Malik Angram. That kid ran, ran the punt back for the touchdown in the second half. That was a huge deal. I mean, the kid was brilliant, and he obviously had more impact too throughout the game. He's really like a spark. Uh, on offense for for ACR in that second half, without a doubt. So, how was the um, offensively? I, I hinted at in the fourth quarter. At some point, I think there was nine minutes left. It was, and, and mentioning the offense, I mean, there's no stats loaded on the offense on Max Preps. What's going on with that? I have no idea. I oh. don't keep the stats. Okay. No clue. No idea. Okay, so no so. stats. So we're blind. We're we're blind here, and I'm just a blind blind person talking to three other people that. Were blind except for Pat. Pat was there with both eyes. He lived um, it. But you know, as far as the fourth quarter, you know, I mentioned not not a ton, you know, not a ton of yards for Reynolds. They had some yards. Reynolds did what it took. Um, offensively, how do you feel with you know with Max probably going to be out for the next little bit? Well, I can say this: in the first half, it would not have mattered if Max Guest was in the game. Okay. He would not have been able to do anything any penetration better. from the why, why is that? It was is that... Just, it was, the penetration was the, the the ball was being handed off as the defenders were hitting the running back okay. in the backfield. So the line was struggling. The, the I think everybody was struggling on the offense with their assignments. The, lo- the longest run in the fourth quarter. Um, the announcers, like I said, they were Shelby announcers, but they did say it was for the running backs at Reynolds. It was six yards was the longest. Yeah, it, it was not a good running game okay. for either team. Shelby didn't run the ball very well either. I'll say that. But the one thing I do know that happened, you know, I think the, I think the line was a, a little bit down on themselves at halftime, and I know they gathered and talked about things and uh, got got obviously their head on straight a little bit in the second half. There was a lot better protection for Hayden in the second half than there was in the first half. 
So much so at the end, you know how they do the breakdown of the team and way to go and all that sort of thing. They let um, Truesdale, the center, the young kid, break down the line because he, you know, turned around and actually performed a little bit better in the second half. Was awesome. my understanding. So it was pretty cool. The other awesome. thing, other than special teams, that Reynolds seemed to do real well is they, when they got a short field, they took advantage of it. They did. When they got that ball down there, and the, was it inside their twenty where they uh, the punt yeah, touched the, the leg? Touched the leg of the guy. Who they they were able gotten to, away from the ball. Yeah, they were able to take advantage of those situations, and that's big. Yeah. Yeah. Special teams and being able to take advantage of turnovers and short fields is is yeah. super super important. That was a pass over to Ty Johnson, the kid from Irwin, over on the far side of the field, and he just really did a great job powering his way into the uh, into the end zone. I think he landed on the ball in the end zone and knocked the wind out of himself. We were all a little worried there for a bit, but he, he bounced up and got back at it. And on the game-winning drive, I think Reynolds got the ball at the 37, and then there was a 15-yard unsportsmanlike. So, that's, you know, that's something that Reynolds is, um, you know, to give credit to their coaches. Um, it seems like it seems like there was some lack of discipline on the Shelby side as far as some a lot of penalties, unsportsmanlike, some things that – um, when you give Reynolds the ball to 37 and then you immediately give them 15 yards, I mean, a, a team, not even a great team, but, you know, good teams are going to capitalize on that. So I'm excited for you, Pat. Happy for you. Heck um, yeah, man. Just, just for you to be able to, you know, walk in here today glowing um, like you have. You know, I'm happy for you. Happy for Brennan. Yeah. Um, want us all to be uh, all of our, you know, all of our teams to have some success this year. Yeah. He had a good game. Good enough. He got. I don't know if y'all heard though. I think I shared that with you. He got a, a text uh, Sunday morning from uh, from Eastern Kentucky University. That's awesome. Nice. So that, that was is awesome. pretty cool. So very very we're cool. Pretty stoked about that. Um, no, preferred walk on offer. So that is that's yeah. super exciting, that's man. Good. That's that's what it's all about, and yeah. that's uh, you know I think. You know, my guess would be it's probably not the last text he might get this season. So we'll, we'll let's, see. Let's Hopefully. hope for more. He's very blessed. So uh, just to keep on here with the last week, next up, uh, Asheville School 14, Webb 38. Uh, we all picked Webb out of Knoxville to take care of Asheville School, which they did. I will mention uh, JoJo Akeem was uh, the leader in offensive yards and tackles, so he had a good game coming over from, from Reynolds over there to Reynolds Part 2 or – Whatever you want to call it, at the Asheville School Rockets missiles or something. I call it the missile silo. Uh, next up, St. Joe's forty-nine, Christ School ten. Patton Lewis got this one right. Uh, Christ School totally dominated offense, uh, anemic. Uh, that's what happened there. Christ, well, Christ Saint, School, Saint Joe's, Saint Joe's, Saint Joe's dominated. Yeah, yeah. Saint Joe's dominated oh, yeah. forty-nine to ten. Yeah, yeah, it was tough. You know, it's just one of those. Um, I drank the. I drank the Kool-Aid. I thought traveling from New Jersey, and then I found out that they actually flew the entire team and support staff down. And I was like, um, you know, I was talking to some of my buddies, and they're like, you know, if they fly the team down, you you don't think they're, like, going to come down and, like, be ready to go? And I was like, I, you know, I mean, they played Lounge Week 1, um, this and that. I, didn't, I just think Christ School's got some enormous question marks on their offense. And, um, and you know, their defense, I, I'll still say their defense played – um, I don't know what the score was at the end of the first quarter, but just like to put it in uh, – Halftime was 14-3. 14-3. Um, and I want to say the second quarter, and Mike can – you know, Mike's got photographic memory as far as the game, but at one point, uh, Christ School didn't have a first down, you know, majority of the first half. And at one point in the second quarter, they um, – you know, St. Saint, Saint Joe's was driving down. Christ School gets a big stop on the, I'd say, the 30, 35-yard line. Um 
and it's on fourth down. Caden comes up, makes a big play. Um, and you know, their running back was, I think number 37th ranked running back in the entire country, uh, going to pit. He was, um, he was fun to watch physical specimen, um, six, one, two, two Oh five, two ten, could just absolutely go. Um, and first play after Christ school turns them over interception. So it's just one of those. And then they get the ball back on the 35 yard line. Defense has been on the field the entire first half. Um, it's just, it's tough, but but like I said, Mike Mike mentioned it. He's not, you know, he's he's well aware of it. Their schedule, it's it's brutal. Um, and you know, they, I don't. Did you count how many players they had? I want to say. I mean, it was it was eighty ninety. Yeah, and you mentioned the play. So at the forty five play mark, forty five plays in the game. Christ School had run six offensive plays. Wow, tough to win. So I mean, just seeing just seeing how gassed Christ School's defense was at that point, it was it was tough, and it was. Um, it was gonna be, you know, it was gonna be tough sledding because they're they're running back, they're they're center. I was sitting there watching, and um, my friend that I was, you know, sitting with, he said, "Watch your center." He said he gets five yards every every single play, five yards push every single play on the nose tackle. So, um, but you know, a lot of football left to go this year, Mike. So next up, uh, Lewis was at the Owen game, North Buncom thirty-two, Owen twelve. At halftime, the North thirteen, I'm, thirteen. You're right, 32 to 13. At halftime, North Buncombe coach comes in the locker room. He says, all right now, I don't want them to get another yard. You blitz all night. Owen didn't score in the second half, right? Once again, for the completion, uh, so far this year, Owen has not scored a point in the second half. Uh, Owen's going to have to figure out how to score. Going into halftime, very close game, just like the Inca game. Uh, Inca game, we were within a yard and a half of taking the lead at half. Uh, But... We have not scored in the second half. Owen's going to have to change that if they're going to be victorious at all this season. Is it a lack of depth? I mean, many you could make that argument, right? I mean, you run out of energy going into halftime. I, I don't know. Maybe the other coach is making adjustments and we're not. I, so we have to score the second half and keep that momentum going. What do you think of uh, What do you think of North Buncombe? You know, now that you saw, you mentioned the. We, you know, there's been talks about the race for second place. You know, you've watched, you've now played two teams that are going to play each other later in the season. What do you got? I would say North, North Buncombe is a decent team. Uh, up front, offensively, they are very good. Uh, very big guys. Physical O-line. Physical O-line. Our defensive line struggled. Our offensive line this week looked really good. We scored two passing touchdowns. We actually scored three. Another one got called back. Uh, but... That offensive line out manhandled our defensive line, and the, the quarterback just sat and waited, and then ran for five or six yards, probably thirty times in the game. It was, in the in the stands, we were able to say, "Hey, this is going to be a quarterback keeper up the middle watch," and it happened every time. Well, so next up uh, we have Providence Day forty seven, Asheville seven. We all saw this one coming. Yeah, that was pretty I, easy to guess. I don't. I don't think there's many teams in the state that have the horses to run on Providence Day. I would say Providence Day best team in the state. So Providence Day will be on ESPN this week, uh, Friday, taking on Charlotte Catholic, who I think a lot of you are familiar with. Mm-hmm. So it ought to be a heck of a game. I'm, I think I'm going to record that and watch it. That will be a good game. But yeah, no surprise there. Nothing to short uh, Asheville on. It's just the horses, like you said, Mike. There were too many on Providence Day. Yeah, and, and I think much that, to overcome. There was an opportunity for it to be even worse, but you know, and I think sitting there and getting updates as you're sitting and you know, seven thirty happens, kickoff happens. Um, when I want to say the first quarter Asheville scored, it was 
like what I gathered from people that were, it was like, holy smokes, Asheville even scored. And that was, it was like, they, they scored. And so they scored obviously on, you know, Providence State's first team. Um, I heard they had other opportunities down, down deep. Um, but, but let's not take anything away from Providence Day, what they brought up. I mean, it was, I like you guys said, they just have, they have different horses. So uh, that's it for week two. You guys ready to talk about week three? 100%. Absolutely. Week three. We'll start with the exciting game. One and one Inca travels to 0 and 2 Rosman. So, uh, Carson, you're the Inca coach. What do you got here? I'm an Inca big, and that's that's just based purely off of um, the opponent. I mean, they could they could probably play their second string at every position. It's just Rosman right now. They're they've got a big program. Um, they've got big changes in their program. They've got you know big issues. Um, they're they're not deep. It's just it's not going to be good. There's not much to talk about here. I think if I was Inca's coach going into the game, my speech would be. We will be perfect in every aspect of the game. You drop a pass, you run a mile. You miss a blocking assignment, you run a mile. I mean, I, I think these there's no way anyone in Rosman matches up against anyone in Inca in this game. Yeah. Agreed. I have Inca winning this also big. Okay. So, uh, did I say it? Yeah, Inca as well for me. Yeah, Rosman, there's not much there. So, Pat, last week you were drinking the Irwin Kool-Aid. Irwin uh, at home, one and one. They're going to take on the zero and two Bavard team. Bavard team that gave up his good good game. They lost to a Catholic team out of Knoxville. What do you think? I am going to take uh, Irwin on this one. And uh, I just you know what I saw in the scrimmage when I saw the scrimmages happen, and um, I just don't think Brevard's going to be able to um, to hang with Irwin. That's that's all I got for it. I think Irwin's got a big bounce back. I think that. Um, they had a tough opponent last week. I think they've got a get-right game um, here in Brevard. Um, I've got Irwin, you know, carrying some momentum into that week four, into that week four game. So I've got Irwin here. Um, I think Irwin gets some confidence. I think Irwin pretty big. I think Irwin also bounces back huge here. I think Irwin, who is competing for that number one spot in the three A, <laughs> yeah, I think they absolutely. definitely win this week. Absolutely. I want to pick Brevard here because I think it's going to be a closer game than what everybody's thinking. But alas, I'm also going to go with Irwin. <clears throat> Next up, we have uh, one and one Tuscola heading to zero and two McDowell. Uh, no, no stats for Tuscola. I will say the quarterback for uh, McDowell, Joe Marsh, averaging 151 yards through the air and 73 yards on the ground. So, <clears throat> majority of their offense is coming from their quarterback. Lewis? I would think McDowell has to go to Danny Brown at some point in this year. Uh, hopefully it's not against this game because Tuscola is going to beat them by three touchdowns. I'm also going Tuscola. I just don't think – honestly, I just don't think McDowell has the horses. I would ditto Mike on that. I'm Tuscola. I don't think Ms. McDowell has the horses this year either. Yeah, way. it's going to be chalk on this one as well. It's going to be Tuscola pretty big. Uh, McDowell is going to continue to get beat up. So next up, we have uh, Christ Church Episcopal out of Rock Hill, South Carolina, taking on Asheville School. Um, Christ Church has put up some big offensive numbers this year. They have a running back, Deshaun Reeder. He's averaging 184 yards a game. 
Wide receivers averaging 55 yards a game. Uh, that's Luke. I'm going to mess his name up. Bumhofer. And the quarterback, Hendricks, is throwing for 107 a game. So they're going to come out and run the ball. Like I said, for Asheville School, JoJo had 57 yards receiving in their first game last week. Um, running back, Stefazajo. I'm saying it wrong. Averaging 42 a game. And their quarterback, Ricky Tolbert from Reynolds, 174 yards passing a TD and two interceptions last week. And like I said, JoJo, five tackles led the team. So, Pat, are you picking Reynolds or are you picking Christchurch? I'm picking Asheville School. I'm in Asheville School, right. Yeah. They've got so many Reynolds guys, Pat has to pick them. That's right. I think it's a requirement. That is not why. Then tell me why, Pat. I think Asheville School will win this contest. I like that. So, are you going against Christ? Oh, wow. Christ Church. Yeah, we're going to take Asheville School. Asheville School School is the defending uh, one, whatever the smaller um, private school league. So, Lewis? Pat, I have one question. Okay. What's the difference between a a missile and a rocket? Uh, Enlighten me. You're the engineer, Lewis. A missile is a smart rocket, right? I would wager yes. I'm picking. Uh, I'm picking Asheville School as well. <laughs> Carson, I, I don't know what that was, but I'm, I'm going to go with. Um, Makes I'm on Christ's right. side, and I think Christ Church is the is the team here. I Mike just name dropped those. You know, I have no idea who those players are, but those names seem intimidating, and I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with Christ here. I'm going to go Asheville School as well. I, I think they have they have quite a bit of talent over there. And then, you know, they're the they're the state champion until someone knocks them off, they're the state champion. So up next we have uh, an, another private school game for you. We have Curlwood Day that, coming out of Tampa. That's their first game of the year, taking on uh, Christ School at 0-2. Christ School giving up uh, about 45 uh, points a game and scoring about nine. So I'm going to go with Carrollwood Day here. I just don't think uh, – I don't think Christ School has the off, the offense together, and I don't think they have enough offense to win this game. I'm also going to go Carrollwood Day. Uh, I think Christ School has to prove me wrong. Uh, and Until they win a game, I'm going to pick against them. I'm also going Carrollwood Day, Mike, and I think your point that you brought up earlier is certainly one worth pondering. I do agree with, uh, I guess, what I would call the law's gauntlet where you uh, hit the four big teams in the – in the beginning, but if you're in a situation with what you guys are facing at Christ School, um, are you gaining experience or are you demoralizing the team? I think that's a good question to ask. Will Christ School be mentally ready to win football games when they have the ability to win football games? When Asheville School rolls around, when uh, Metrolina rolls around, when those guys roll around, are they going to be mentally ready to win those games or are they going to be so beaten down? I mean, I don't know. It's just tough. Like I know that as an athlete, you want to you know be able to visualize yourself succeeding. And if you're you know Christ School's quarterback, I mean, did he finish with one pick last game? How many? Yes, just one. Just one. So we're still that he just cut his average in half though. Um, so he he's now at seven in two games. In two games. So I'm with you when you know when they get a win when when they get a winnable game is he going to be able to see himself make that throw in that window when they need him to make that throw? Um, huge concern of mine was that Khalil Conley, who's arguably the best athlete on on the field when Christ School is on offense, 
Um, you know, I think there was a minute or two minutes left. The only time that he touched the ball was on kickoffs, and he returned one about 60 or 70 yards and one 50 yards, um, and he didn't touch the ball on offense. So I know they've got him playing um, outside receiver. There's no pre-snap movement, and I just I don't know. Like I said, my football knowledge is not great, but I just he does not profile to me as a wide outside wide receiver that you're just going to set up on the outside, tell him not to move, and just go. And I mean, he's not, he's not that tall. I, I visualize him at the next level as a slot guy. If he's not playing cornerback, he is just, I think they said he hit 22, 23 miles per hour running. You've got to figure out a way to get him the ball. Um, I've got Carol Wood Day here. Just high school is not going to be able to hang enough points up. Khalil ejected in the second half. I know you left real early, but Khalil was ejected in the second half for two unsportsmanlike penalties. So up next, we have 1-1 one one TC at Smoky Mountain, also 1-1. One one. Uh, Lewis, who you got in this one? I think I'm going to have to go 3A. I'm, I'm or 4A. I'm going to go TC, uh, beating Smoky Mountain, uh, beating down a 1A team, lack of depth. Uh, I think TC has the athletes to beat them. I agree, Lewis. You know, I, I got to see Smoky Mountain a little bit in the scrimmage playing ACR. They're a talented team, but I, I, I still think TC has – the, the tacit knowledge, the experience, um, and and I, I think the talent to, to win over Smoky Mountain here. Um, you know, I think it'll be fairly handily, too. I, I think it's, it'll be, you know, 10 or more points. Carson? Yeah, I agree with, with um, Pat here. I don't, I don't think Smoky's going to have enough for TC. I got TC rolling in this one. I agree. Uh, you know, Pat's got us all pumped up on TC, <laughs> much like we were all pumped up on Irwin. So let's see when they lose. Just hey, kidding. I'm a good salesman. Clearly, I've I've brought you into the into the pool. Pat, I knew. See, I knew you were building a pool back there, Olympic size. Agony. All right, now it's time for our four games of the week. We'll let uh, Carson start with his game of the week. He has 0 and 2 Madison traveling to 2 and 0 North Buncombe. Not often you get to say 2 and 0 North Buncombe in football. No, but I, I can tell you right now, talked about it last week a little bit, Weaverville being buzzing. Um, Weaverville's buzzing, burning. I mean, you can't get through traffic. I mean, you just it is out of control at this point. Um, and I've got a shout-out to my boys um, over there on the Blackhawks <coughs> sideline. Um, I think what they're doing is special. I think what Coach Hines has got them um, what they've got them believing in is half is half the battle, um, and I know they've got a very winnable game here. Um, I know these players at North Buncombe have not beat Madison, so um, I'd heard from you know a fan that's been at both North Buncombe's games that just you know when they win that they're still very excited when they win, and you can tell on the sidelines and stuff. And they said that when they beat Madison next week, it will be a it will it will be a conference championship victory. I mean, you'll, you'll be able to tell, see all the raw emotion on the kids. Um, I've gotten a couple texts from buddies. When are they building a statue of the coach in Weaverville? I mean, we're, <laughs> this is, and this is all real stuff. Uh, I mean, this oh, is no, just, uh, this that's is awesome. just real stuff. That's so, awesome. so y'all have to understand. I know exactly. Um, I know exactly how I sound here talking about North Buncombe football, but it's just exciting to be able to see. Um, I think I had two years of my high school, we didn't win a game. So, um, so one one win is one win is more than more than we're used to. Um, if we get to three, if we start out three and zero, um, which I think they do, um, um, I think it'll be a another another special weekend. In I, I will also pick North Buncombe uh, against a winless Madison team. 
Uh, North Buncombe showed me some things on the offensive line that I think they will overpower Madison, no problem. Also going North Buncombe, I mean, I'm interested to see how far they can take this. So I'm, I'm liking this underdog story they have going on in Weaver, Vegas. I am waving the uh, the flag, too, for North Buncombe. I'm, I'm all in. I think they're going to win handily over Madison, and good for them. So this next game is one that really intrigues me, and uh, I've changed my pick a couple times on it just thinking about it. I've got Lake Norman, 2-0 Lake Norman at Asheville, 1-1. One one. Lake, Lake Norman's two wins, 7-6 over North Mech and 14-13 over Statesville. Not putting up a lot of points. Not giving up a lot of points either. Um, Asheville, we've talked about they have some offensive struggles. Hard to gauge what happened at Providence Day. That's a whole other animal. But Asheville one and one. Ellis is averaging 143 yards a game. The the Josh Ellis who came over from MacDow. Um, it's 7.2 yards per carry. Quarterback is uh, averaging about 175 a game. And uh, their leading tackler is Gervais Smith. He's averaging 10 tackles a game. So I've gone back and forth. But I think ultimately I'm taking Asheville in this one. I, I agree with you. I'm going to take Asheville in this one. They're going to prove what they're going to win the MAC hands down, uh, you know, excluding all the teams that, you know, ran away from the foray. Uh, Asheville's going to prove why they're going to win the MAC championship this year with this game. I'm glad you're confident, Lewis. I think you're going to eat crow on that. But uh, <laughs> Have I'm you ever a, had crow? I mean, have you ever grilled it or anything? No, that's the idea is you don't want to eat it. It's vile and nasty. But, but how do you know if you've never tried it? Well, it's a dirty, nasty, vulgar bird. I figured in Swannanoa Black Mountain that you guys ate it out there, Lewis. That's a big negative. Wow. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Pat. I'm sorry. I uh, I think Asheville's going to get the win here. I think the um, I think the athleticism of the running back from McDowell and then Slidell, the quarterback, um, I don't think it's going to be a, a big scoring difference. I think it'll be a narrow win, but I think Asheville will pull it out. I was hoping that you all pick Lake Norman because I got the Cougars. And all I'm going to say is, boys, show me the money because I think the Cougars here are ready to go. I think that they come off Providence Day, um, the different animal. I got... Coming up, uh, I think Lake Norman's probably not going to fly to the game unless Pat brings them up. Pat, br- Pat brings them up. That was what I was going to say. <laughs> anything, but, anything to help the Cougar I, opponent. I've got, um, I've got Asheville. Um, I'm not bailing on my boys after not after we play Providence Day, who's arguably one of the top teams in the entire country. So I got the Cougars. Um, and I think it'll be close, but I think that they make. They were inside the 24 different times the Providence Day. Um, I know not putting getting points out of those is definitely an issue. I'm not saying it's not, but um, it sounds like it sounds like it was not a running clock in the first quarter. And I know there was a lot of picks that was uh, there was a lot of grumblings and talks that it was going to be a running clock in the first quarter. So, hey Pat, are are you hosting Lake Norman at the Lake Club? Are you an Inca community just to get them ready for Asheville? You're making my head hurt. Okay, well, it's like yeah. a fraternity. You've got Biltmore Lake, you've got Lake Norman, yeah. you've got Lake Kiwi. All those are lakes, you all cousins. I was stuff? just wondering. Can I just share with you guys real quick my favorite quote from last week? I shared this with Pat earlier. Pat's on the mic. Him and Lewis are going back and forth, and he's like, "Lewis, that's your opinion. 
and your opinion sucks. <laughs> right? Yeah, it uh, does. I just thought that was let's a fantastic Let's all celebrate quote. that Lewis sucks. So <laughs> let's just all bask in that for a minute. <laughs> all right, Lewis, you're up next. You have 2-0 and o North Henderson traveling out to uh, Black Mountain to take on Owen. Currently 0-2. North Buncombe surprised some wins, but go ahead. Yeah, so North Henderson, I mean, they've won a couple games uh, against Hendersonville and against Rosman. Uh, you know, Probably a Hendersonville team that's very down this this year, uh, and and I think everybody's going to beat Rosman this year. I think they're going to go winless. Tough tough game to pick here. Uh, I will go with my heart. I'm going to go pick Owen. I think we're going to finally score some points in the second half. We're going to keep the game going past halftime. I'm going to pick Owen by three. I find it interesting. Owen also has no stats on there. That's I've, correct. I've been trying to pull those up. Nothing from Owen. Wait a second. Didn't Lewis just ask about Reynolds' stats? Yeah, he I did. did. I did. Yeah. Okay, so can do you think can we get some inside information on Coach Gibson on the Owen stats? I think both teams keep their cards close to their chest. Wow. I know this that is could be. That could so be. Pat will remember this. Back when Does Pat, Owen have stats? Absolutely. <laughs> back when Lewis and Pat and I did basketball games for Reynolds. Uh, the coaches did not want us to post those games. The, oh, you could they, watch it live, yeah. but then they wanted us to lock them down so nobody else could go in and watch them, i.e. other coaches from other teams that they had to play in the future or in the playoffs. So it was – coaches can be very particular about what they put out there. Well, I can tell you what, from um, ba- more baseball talk, which no one listening to this cares about, but we do not post our stats at Inca Baseball. So I, I do not judge the Reynolds coaches mm-hmm. one bit. Um, I do like – I would – Love if our Reynolds insider pack could get us some sort of stats. Like, does Hayden have 30 yards passing this year? Does he have 300? I mean, I'd just like, I would love to know, like, something along those lines. I so, mean, do they still do the stats directly in front of you? They are, there are people in the press box doing stats directly in front of you, just well, like no, before. This week, they were off to my left. I guess there you. was a the Shelby broadcast team was right in front of me, and I was yelling in their ear. That's awesome. So, did you hear Pat on the Shelby broadcast? <laughs> no, no I, I did not. The Shelby broadcast was was a different beast. I mean, I'm not even a Shelby guy. And- so Shelby took Kanye's spot? That, uh, he was. They were, they were sitting in that front right spot next to the coach's box. Where? Yeah. Okay. So I'm also gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I did a little research. North Henderson scores this year. They beat West Henderson 31-12. They beat Rosman 41-14. They beat Hendersonville. Who did I say? They beat Hendersonville 31-12. Yeah. They beat Rosman 41-14. You said West. It's all right. I'm sorry. Oh, it says W. Henderson because they won. Sorry, that's my fault. I'm taking North Henderson I, until Owen figures out the offense, much like another team we talked about. I'm going to ride North Henderson here. Carson? I mean, until – I just, I really like Lewis, guys. I really do. It sounds like I know you guys don't think I like Lewis, but just from what I saw, Owen may not win a game, and so that's certainly not. So you don't think they're going to beat Rosman? God, that'd be a dogfight. We should all go to that one. That's going to be that's going to be a dogfight. Oh, so I got. (laughs) Do they play Rosman? Absolutely. Okay, that's a conference game. Wow, conference. That's a let's circle that one. What week? Carson with the research. Oh, I got I got North. Pat, I I can't add any more to the conversation. North Henderson wins this one easy until Owen shows us something. I, I can't go there yet. 
So up last, the one that everyone gets upset about, the one and one Reynolds travels to two and oh East Forsyth. Pat, this is your game of the week, which is a surprise. Uh, tell us what you got. It should be a surprise. I am Team Reynolds, and yes, I am taking AC Reynolds to pull off the big upset here. I think it's going to happen, gentlemen. So it's going to be a. Why is it an upset? Well, being perfect is um is about being able to look your friends in the eye and know you didn't let them down because you told them the truth. And the truth here, gentlemen, <laughs> is that AC Reynolds is going to win this game. And here's why. I think I think they've got what they need to do. They've got they've had the gut check. They're going to be growing up a little bit. They grew up in the Shelby game. They have uh, good, solid defense. They have the special teams, and they're starting to put it together a little bit on offense. Obviously, uh, East Forsyth, one of the best teams in the state, no doubt. Um, I don't know that they played too tough a competition out of those two teams out of Raleigh, so I don't know what we've got there. Um, and I think that we can uh, we can win in a nail-biter down there. Wow. I don't want to totally disagree with you on some of your points. I will say that uh, it is the truth, Mike. You, you can't really disagree with it. These four sides scoring 52 points a game and giving up three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> how bad are the teams they're playing? I don't know. That's the thing. We don't we, know. We have no idea. How bad are the Raleigh no, teams? No, we have no idea. They didn't play Cardinal Gibbons, so that will be the team out of Raleigh I would be concerned with. But, you know, running backs running for about 100 a game, quarterbacks throwing for about 270 a game. I'm going East Forsyth. Hey, Pat, I just have one question for you. I'm sure you do, Lewis. Remember that your opinion sucks. Yeah. Uh, does Coach Craig have an older brother? I have no idea. Because, I mean, East Forsyth only gave him up seven points. I mean, he must be coaching on that team. Oh, uh, hell yeah. So I'm going to, I'm definitely going to choose East Forsyth to win by 25. And for all of those Reynolds players listening, we are still doubting. We, and I know, you, I know you love it. I know you love it, but we are still doubting. I am not doubting. I'm not doubting at Pat all. Never ever doubted. I haven't doubted. I'm full faith. I just I, my thing is where was the Reynolds support when I picked Reynolds week one and they let me down. <laughs> me too. I'm mean, just like I picked them week one. Oh wait, no one said my, a word about it. My opinion sucks so much. I got that right. No, you did get that right. But I'm 0-2 in the Reynolds game, so I'm sitting here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, if I didn't pick you, you're probably going to win, Reynolds. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. You're yes. welcome. Right? So I sit here, and you know, I would think initially that East Forsyth would just blow them out of the water. Um, but I think somehow Reynolds is Reynolds has still got a little bit of that magic that I just like. At least you, their punter does. For sure. For sure. Player of the game was the punter. Um, that's awesome. Seriously. Um, but I think that I've got East Forsyth and um, and I just I don't wait. You, I think you were just be, getting ready to pick Reynolds. I was. You, I think you it, told no, no, no. you were like no, no. And it's Reynolds has be, got the magic. I'll take got East the magic. Forsyth. They've what? got the magic, and I'm taking East Forsyth because Reynolds has. It will be what I meant is it will be closer than what I would have initially thought at the beginning of the year because at the beginning of the year to let these listeners know Pat told me when we were talking about Reynolds that East Forsyth's best team to stay East Forsyth's one of the best teams to stay he said it six times in the first two minutes that I was around him so I knew that Pat thought that East Forsyth would be a very tough opponent okay but Pat is sitting here picking Reynolds I'm picking East Forsyth 
just because I want my record to be a little bit better than Pat's. Okay. And I also think that Reynolds will be in the football game. So, so don't get all mad at Carson here. Reynolds will be in the football game. I just don't know how long they're going to be in the football I'm, game. I'm going to point one thing out. Point. Social media, Irwin, Pat wins. Reynolds, Pat wins this week, posted. So, so who wins next week? I win. That's oh. going to be another Pat so wins. Pat somebody's win. somebody's going to be every... posting Pat wins Pat again. for the W. Okay. Yeah. All right. I love it. It cannot be it. from your lineage, though. That's all right. Somebody else will step up. I like it. <laughs> Pat went on his kid's social media account and posted. <laughs> Agony. I did no such thing. <laughs> I barely know how to use social media. Oh, come on, Pat. I'm old. So that's uh, that's this week's picks. I'm pretty sure I got them all right. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I'm pretty sure uh, this is the week I win. I please, disagree. Yeah, please tell us where we got wrong because I don't see a pick that is missing there. We're all pretty close this week. Nobody's picking up much. No, no, no one can pick up. Not much. a lot of real close. Not a, not a lot of games we think are going to be uh, closely so is contested. It, is it safe to say that Mike cannot be in first place after this week? That's correct. Okay. Okay. Unless you guys did not put your picks in, <laughs> <laughs> and I got them all right. All right, good deal. Uh, Terrible, good deal. Awesome. But make sure as you guys listen, you know, like, subscribe, share. Um, we love the interaction. Um, you know, it really does make us. Uh, you know, we we did this for our own entertainment, but hearing that, hearing that there's kids and parents and you know student athletes and coaches and you know if there's really a lot, this has gained more traction than we thought. Yeah, and we love the interaction. We love the interaction, yes. even if it's. I mean, give us something. I know I know Brendan wants to call in and tell me how big of an idiot I am. Guess what? He won't be the first person that's ever told me that. So <laughs> oh, I'd huh? love I'd love to hear it. <laughs> you you laid down a challenge for him pregame, right? I did. Yeah. I did. I, I had a challenge. Pat's not agreed to it yet, and we do have to get the parental rights um, with Brennan. But if, if Riddles wins... Wait, next, you're trying to get Brennan's parental rights? No, so you're no, going to be his dad? No, 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 oh, no. Okay. I will not be Brennan's dad. Um, I've got one. I'm a father of one. Um, that's enough for me right now. All right, um, go ahead. But if Riddles beats East Forsyth, Brennan here will host the Behind the Beard WNC in Carson's chair. He'll be able to make all the picks for me. He'll be able to have all of this um, lovely time on the mic to tell the world how big of an idiot I am. So that's that's my challenge. If Mike, if Pat agrees to it, uh, that's a, that's a whole nother thing. But that's my challenge, um, Brennan. I hope you're super super stoked. That'll give you a little bit extra motivation. So come be on the pod, buddy. His mother will have to sign off on that, <laughs> and that will likely not happen. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. Yeah. Well, Carson does have the most comfortable chair. Indeed. So we have to have something fun to talk about here at the end. I was thinking of what that might be. And, uh, you know, there's a hurricane getting ready to hit this week. That could impact some sporting contests here in the state of North Carolina, depending on how that thing goes. And I'd be curious to know if either of you or any of you gentlemen have interesting hurricane stories. So there was this one time I went down to Raleigh. And we watched the Hurricanes play the Panthers. It was a pretty good hockey match. Nice. There you go. Well done. I would say uh, Hurricane Katrina 2004. I was working in a nursing home. Uh, impacted us here. Knocked out our power. Knocked out all the water and everything. Uh, pretty tough week at the nursing home, if you can imagine. Oh, my. <laughs> Gosh. You know, I had a pretty positive experience with the Cane Creek Hurricanes. I know that that was a topic <laughs> on the beginning oh, of the wow. pod, but yeah. but um, but that was you know three great years, and uh, and I will I'll 
I'll say I... I figured it was four. Four? Yeah. Why? Well, didn't you repeat sixth grade? No. no. Yes. No. I, I, did, I did not nice. go. I did not go and reclass at Christ school. I did not. Oh, oh. yes. The haymaker back the other way. Oh. Carson lambs one square on the chin, and down goes Anderson. No, no, no. no. You know, All love here. All love here. I wish I would have. I mean, being honest. Oh, my. Speaking of reclass, you know, any injured athletes looking for an extra year of high school? Let's plug up. You know, I, I think we got Christ School, Raven Gap. You've got Providence Day, um, Asheville School. There's a lot of options out there, and we just want what's best for these student athletes. <laughs> My, I have an interesting. Let's hear your hurricane. I figured you had the good hurricane story because none of us story. have ever had a hurricane story. I played college football for the University of Evansville back in the 1980s and 90s, right? And that's a small Division three program, and we played against. Union College out of Barberville, Kentucky, and Hurricane. Do they Hugo, cut hair there? I don't know. In Barberville, go ahead. They might. Anyway, Hurricane Hugo came up in 1989 and obviously devastated all through here. And we traveled to Barberville to play football that week, and um, they did not call the game because there was no lightning. But there was so much water that we were playing the game with water up to my shins. <laughs> And my center had to hold the ball underwater to snap it back to the quarterback. Unbelievable. There was no shotgun snap back no, then, though. No, it was a final score of six to nothing. We won and did big belly flops in the middle of the, <laughs> basically the pool that was uh, uh-huh. Union Field at the time. I had forgot about uh, Hurricane Hugo. I do remember as a child it coming up through here. It was the furthest it ever. We had some flooding and I mean, nothing major. But, you know, in the mountains, we don't see a lot of hurricanes. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we I bet you we won't see none this year either. No. No, I don't think Hank Creek's playing. Nice. Wow. So, well, I guess that's it, gentlemen. Until next week, right? We got to thank the Bandettes oh, yeah. for their uh, for their intro song. Man, love that song. Uh, Carson's almost has a beard. He's getting there. He's trying real hard. Also, got to thank. Uh, all our sponsors, you know, of the uh, segments that we put on. Just kidding, we have no sponsors. But if you're interested in, ha- in being the our <laughs> studio, like, get sponsors? you know, the, the the John's Florist Studios or the whatever you want to we call it, we'll call it. You know, give us a shout. We're on. Feel free to email us behind the beard wnc at gmail We're on Instagram. We're, we're on, on Facebook. Facebook. We're on X, formerly known as Twitter. Nice. So. Interact with us. Tell us what you think. Tell us how dumb Pat is. We we don't care. Send send it in. I'm not dumb. I'm the one in the lead right now. Let's remember that. Wait, you're tied. You're tied. Okay, but I I had the better record last week, so I have the tiebreaker. Right, you're only as good as you are now. We love you all. Love you all. (laughs) Thank you. Good night.